At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip-hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Welcome back to the Science Podcast and our reading of Until the End of Time by Brian Greene. So we are, we just been through the first chapter, The Lure of Eternity, and then we're just going to have some thoughts about this. Uh, the framing of Brian Greene is interesting. He's He sticks with the science framing kind of uh, thoroughly, uh, even when he talks about things that are not strictly science. So there's something about the framing, which is he's making some assertions that are true within a scientific way of thinking, but they're not absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> you can't absolutely prove that they're true. Uh, for example, the first sentence is, in the fullness of time, all that lives will die. That is a claim. It's not It's not a proven, sci well, it's maybe like a scientific fact, but it's, you might say it applies to the material world, the material reality, the material universe. But as a, as a full statement, it is, to, in some ways, a claim. So, uh, and it's also important to, or interesting to note that Brian Greene is also working a lot of, with multiple universes. And in that sense, you could say if you have a sea of bubbles of universes everywhere that are uh, kind of like cells, they are emerging, living, and then collapsing, and then, or maybe then uh, giving birth to new universes, or like you have this chain of them. And then this is the thought that we're going to come back to many, many, many times. This is more like an, a hypothesis for the podcast, but like the thought about a seed. It's like, let's think about what is in the seed of a cosmos. Like if it starts with a big flash, a big bang, it just starts and expands, what's coded or kind of what potential is put into the beginning, the, the first little blip of a seed? Like the laws of physics, uh, a spiritual realm with some mechanics. Is there a moral structure that is embedded in the seed as it starts? Is the potentiality for uh, different kinds of life forms also then embedded into it? This is a this is kind of a, a, a growing hypothesis uh, that it will sometimes be a bit of the background for discussing also this book. So, but back to what he says here, like all the life will die. Uh, he talks about the end of the universe. Uh, he has a little bit of a, he tries to make it a, as a, like that the bigger story is 
has a depressing ending, but then he flips it into that he finds the the kind of the the certain extinguishing and kind of uh, just end of it all. Instead of seeing that as something depressing, he tries to make that to be something inspiring or not inspiring, but something that is uh, makes us appreciate the kind of the <laughs> the astonishing. Uh, fact of being alive, kind of the the magic and and the beauty of of just being alive and thinking and, and sensing life and existence. So, uh, but again, like that conclusion comes from his view that all life will will uh, will die, or like it all will end, which is not. It's it's perfectly within the scientific way of thinking, but it's still not. Unnecessary way of of thinking, and this goes into another major point here that uh, you can sense it from the beginning, like with the preface and then the first chapter, about twenty pages. That uh, he sticks to the there's something about how you think, like how you use your brain when you're thinking. And so far, he's kind of he's very good at staying within the the, the scientific way of using your brain. Uh, but this is also one way of using it. I'm not going to say that it's just one perspective, but it is one. Um, it, it's it's not clear that it's right to to insist that that is the way of of approaching this, but it should be as we talked about before consistent within that way of thinking. It has to be consistent and, and follow kind of the material rules and logic. Uh, so uh, he also talks about other things that well, like the life is transitory. Uh, there's a, he has lots of references, beautiful, small little quotes. One from Carl Sagan, which is that planet Earth is then, quote, a mote of dust suspended on a sunbeam. Which is a beautiful thought. The thought of a sunbeam or a ray is it's also in, it's kind of spread out in, in um, philosophy as well, like ancient philosophy. Like Plotinus has this, that little beams of, of rays are coming. Well, first of all, the, the universe, the, the, the first mover starts as one ray of, of, of light. Uh, same as even Dante. He, he makes a, uh, an image out of this. Um, and also Plotinus has something like, like a, a beam of, of light when it touches the ground that becomes a new soul, uh, which is on a, in a different, kind of <laughs> a different topic. But, um, Brian Greene then wants to talk about uh, like making this whole overall picture of 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 eternity, of the beginnings, where we're now and the end, and how to how to just relate to this. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. He lays out the structure of the book. He has he's going to focus on two main forces, which is entropy and evolution. And how they also working together, and uh, he then will then uh, yeah put like the the science perspective on how the emergence of of consciousness can be seen. Uh, he's introducing new new words terminology like one word is uh, the place to send or place to scene, which is uh, a new word here. <laughs> so it's um, place to scene, which would be uh, it's a it's a, the epoch from 1,640,000 uh, like 1, years until 10,000 years to the So about one and a half million years up until the Ice Age. So this has some 
just like nice to have new categories or like new labels just to have a fresh way of thinking. So then uh, he lays out the, the rest of the book. And then he has also, uh, he's going to look at first, like we, we consider the cosmic origins, the formation of atoms, stars, planets, the emergence of life, consciousness, and culture. And then he will cast his eyes toward the very realm for that millennia, literally and symbolically, has both how it has both stimulated and quelled our cosmic anxiety. So he will look from here to eternity. And then we had a couple of more things here that was standing out as interesting. Uh, he's talking about like the nature of thought and how long thought can can uh, can exist. There's another beautiful quote here from Nabokov, the writer. Uh, he describes human life as, quote, a brief crack of light between two eternities of darkness. Uh, that was kind of the favorite passage in the <laughs> the opening. And it talks about reason and emotion, how to how to approach this. And this is interesting, how to approach this whole topic of kind of cosmos and everything th through reason and then through emotion. And then it comes like when he used the emotion that was when he found a more positive way of appreciating the, the sense of being alive now, instead of thinking about how it all, uh, all is going to end. Um, and then we are then about to embark on this, on this story or this, this uh, walkthrough of, <laughs> of all these topics. So again, it's, um, it's going to be interesting, but he has already limited himself a little bit to be within the scientific way of thinking, which is very appropriate to this book. Um, but it still is important to remember, like when he talks about eternity, the beginning of time, the end of time, if you think a little bit about how this is being described in, for example, the, the first oldest biblical stories, they have ways of describing this in a way that is, um, just like, which is interesting. It is also, it's not science directly, <laughs> but it is conceptually something that is tangible almost. Like the, at least the claim there was like, you, you start the beginning, the, the one and many, that is the first name of, of the divinity in, in the Old Testament is like, it's one and many. Elohim is <laughs> the concept of many into one. And that's what creates the spiritual and the material. That's how they describe it. And then this kind of belongs side by side, which is something that's going to also be evident at times that these things are not in contradiction. And sometimes one can inform the other. It can, it can give a larger, uh, a larger framing. And uh, it's also interesting to see now when Green tries to, to do the really big, deep questions that, you see the boundaries of the material scientific way of, of, of like the nature of it, both the thinking and, and its potential. So uh, we're going to stop it there. And well, just, and you can, we can leave it on the word potential and potentiality because this is also lying here all along. This comes from Aristotle way of thinking that the potential, does the potential exist? And if it's everything that exists in material sense, uh, at least maybe also in a spiritual sense, if it exists, it has to first have the potential has to be there before the actual existence is there. And then you can 
try to think about if a potentiality is actually something in itself. And if so, what does that really mean? Like if you don't have existence, but if there's a potential for existence, will then, then <laughs> or is it then uh, kind of bound to be existence at all? So uh, with that, we are going to conclude and wrap up this, this little reflection commentary on the first chapter of Brian Greene's new book. Again, until the end of time. So as always, thank you so much for listening and see you again soon. A new Planet Fitness location is coming soon. To celebrate, you can join before we open for just $1 down, $10 a month. We're squeaky clean and ready to welcome you with tons of equipment and plenty of space to spread out. So join the judgment-free zone today. We're ready when you are. Just $1 down, $10 a month. Offer ends soon. Join us today. Coming soon to Grove City. Join now for only $1 down. Offer ends December 16th. Planet Fitness locations are independently owned and operated. See club for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.